What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Little cough! Hey, behave! Here we go, John, on a Sunday. Uh, we decided to start this before the Masters ended because the Masters ended. Did the Masters end before it even started today? It's a great question. It was, uh, I, I don't know about you, I did not have a ton of urgency Sunday morning. I just didn't feel a ton of urgency Sunday early morning. Um, did you? Did you feel like there was a chance? Matsuyama was playing I, pretty I, well I, Saturday. I did, no, I did not, guy. I, uh, I... Yeah, I, I made a wild, bold bet on Saturday to try to get me. I wasn't that into the Masters in the sense of I had none of my DraftKings guys. I actually, I, I mean, I have Hideki and Rom on my team, uh, but my other guys suck, so I had no chance at any money. All the guys I gambled on had no chance. I'm like, I need to put some cash on to get my interest back up, and I basically picked Tony Finau between Matsuyama, Finau, Shoffley, and Leishman. It was kind of a group of like four guys that were between – I'd say 12 to 1 to 20 to 1, that I thought, you know, this tournament could get a little weird over the weekend. Let's just pick one guy and place a couple hundred dollars down, and hopefully I just catch lightning in a bottle, and then it happened the opposite. Tony Fino sucked, and Matsuyama took off, and I've just kind of started doing other shit. Yeah, yeah. I try. I tried also. I got in one of the DraftKings Sunday. I did not realize this until DraftKings sent me an email. I think it was Saturday morning. Like, hey, we got Sunday-only games. Like, you can get in. Oh. Your lineup's not hanging. I'm finishing right now. I mean, we're recording this before the Masters is done. But as of this, I am uh, 58th in our DraftKings game. We can talk about who won coming up in a few. But So I jumped in a Sunday, DraftKings, Sunday-only. That didn't go great for me either. But it was it was fun. Like, I appreciate DraftKings adding the, uh, adding the little extra flair to it. As of now, it look. I mean, it, we got a close finish. Only a couple holes to play. It looks like Betha is going to win our DraftKings game, which was nine hundred uh, nine hundred to the winner. Uh, Zacher looks like he uh, is going to finish second at seven hundred twenty bucks. Fred twenty one, who I see in our games a lot, five hundred forty. Is that guy a sharp? Who? Because he uh, Fred. I think Fred's a listener because M. Dell, who plays in our games a lot at fourth place, I know is a listener. And uh, I think it's Matt. Sorry if it's not at three hundred and sixty dollars right now. So uh, Matt, Mike, Miguel. Yeah, I mean, they're all the same. Manny. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, I'm not even close to the lead. I, let's just I mean, the patrons. We do this for the patrons, guys. We do this, for the, we do this for the patrons. Middle it, it 38, we, 83. We always like to check in on little Jeff. Your brother. I, I had someone. Someone shot me a DM like, listen, I, I obviously listen to your guys' show. I'm a big golf – I'm a big football fan. I like golf too. But, God, this this broadcast is really cheesy. Do you think they'd ever get a little more modern? I'm like, well, I think it's kind of a double whammy. I mean, Jim lives to be cheesy. 
Uh, but I do think it's the Masters live for Jim to be like they like the patron. I mean, they mandate the patrons. They mandate you're not allowed to say mud balls. Like it, it is a little over the top, guy. Well, it feels more over the top when there's not drama, too. I would say. To oh it, right? my God, it's, it's when there's uh, drama, you notice it less because it's all just part of the buildup. When there's no drama, it's like, you know, it feels it, it's a little more. Uh, I think it's um, a sleepy broadcast, obvious. guy. There's only so much you can do. I watch some of the Masters.com early morning, Saturday, Friday, Sunday. You know, when golf is not jumping around between 27 different players and you're just watching three guys play, it is um, alarmingly boring. And I love golf. But Can someone get Will Zalatoris a, a turkey sandwich? I mean, geez, Louise. Does that guy weigh 150 pounds? What, what do you think his waist size is legitimately? 26? Uh, what? I honestly I didn't. Is there waist size for guys smaller than thirty? It probably has to be. I mean, it may be custom. Yeah. I don't know. It's twenty eight. I assume. I always. Again, I've been thirty four to thirty six most of my life. I always <laughs> assume like thirtieth. Yeah. Thirty was the smallest. Yeah. Well, but he's not you're right. thirty. No, he's probably twenty four. How old? He's is skinny he? guy. I think he's twenty four years old. Twenty five. Man. I saw one of the guys was saying. Ian Baker Finch or someone, you know, they got 18 guys in the broadcast. You can tell when it's like Nance or Faldo. The other guys, you don't really always know who exactly who it is. And he was like, I talked to one of Zalatoris' teammates at Wake Forest. And I think Wake Forest would be the equivalent of like, I mean, they're, they're Arnold Palmer, they got a bunch of PGA Tour. It'd be like an LSU of football. And he said the day Zalatoris showed up, the next couple of days they did a qualifying for the team just to gauge where everyone was. Zalatoris, rookie, or I mean, freshman year, beat everyone on the team. Again, powerhouse team by eight shots over two days. And they're like, this guy was so much better than all of us the day he showed up. Wow. It wasn't even funny. He's wow. clearly pretty good. I guess Tony Romo has said that he's been playing with him at his club for a few Trin- years. Trinity Forest. He said he was telling people that this guy was going to be a top 20 player back when he wasn't ranked in the top 2,000. I think Phil Mickelson bet someone hundred grand that John Rahm would mid- win a major by the time he was 25 or he'd be the number one. Sometimes if you just find a horse, you know it's fast. You just hype it up, right? That's a hell of a bet. <laughs> so do you think if Phil... I think, I, the bet, I think the bet was he'd be the number one player in the world, which okay. I'm not sure he's accomplished yet. I think he's like two, second or third. But. What would Phil do if the difference between Rahm being number one and number two was like Rahm beating Phil... And Phil, it was going to cost him money, but it was going to make him money and make him look right. You know, that'd yeah. Be I mean, tough Phil, one. Phil once when he was down betting, got a guy that was involved in insider trading to tell, tell him a way to make a quick two million so he could pay him back. So I'd say Phil might, Phil might throw the fight. Was hey, Torres? I, I, I bet it's I bet it's closer to thirty than you think. It's just a solid thirty, a thirty where he needs a belt. Yeah. I like him though, John. It seems like he's a, he's going to be around for a little while. Well, guy, I he so. looks like the Happy Gilmore caddy, does he not? Uh, Sandler <laughs> tweeted Adam Sandler tweeted at him on Sunday. <laughs> he has listen. Everyone is shooting, you know, for that. I'd say Brad Pitt, Channing Tatum, who I follow on Instagram. I mean, just a good looking dude. Just that jawline. Zalatoris's jawline is a little too skinny. It's like. Let's feed this guy some sugars or some fats. I mean, just get a little something on him. The guy's going to be so skinny when he's like 60. Like, he's going to be one of those guys, a lifetime skinny guy, don't you think? You can just tell by his body type. He's yeah, never going to be fat. I, if he, The only way he balloons is if he dr- if he starts drinking a lot of beer and he'd be skinny from the back and fat from the side and the front. But yeah, he'd he'd still, his frame that. wouldn't change. 
You would just get I've always belly. been jealous of the solid belly guy. Like, I get the handles. Like, how do yeah. you get the solid belly? Where it's just it's your like, body. You don't have abs, but it's built like muscle. Right. Like what... You know who's kind of got that? Just barrel chest, right? But like fat. Yeah. Um, Westwood? Westwood was the guy I was thinking of, but Westwood's actually in solid shape. I, the I other Pablo thing, I, always kind of had it. It was like a tighter fat. It was on the fringe. I love fringe. the idea. Matsuyama seems pretty fun to just have around all the time because he's not a great putter. Like if he's in the mix, just although he played really well this weekend. Yeah, big I, deal, bro. It's a big. That's that's big Entire league country. for the mass. Yeah, I'm. I guess um, Andy North said that he thought it would be worth a billion dollars if Matsuyama won. For him, just I, given all the endorsement opportunities and everything that comes with it. I yeah, I mean, I I, I can't speak to the Japanese uh, marketing strategy, but I I would venture to say, I I would guess he's already really rich, right? <laughs> I bet Hideki, if you really got his finances, is sneakier one of the richer athletes like going that no one realizes how much money's flowing his way. Yeah. Like, would it shock you if you just found out Hideki had $30 million in endorsements flowing every year? Just a constant flow for the last six or seven years. Yeah. And now, that is that going to triple? Like He's like, like a like Bollywood actor in this stage. Yeah, is, he gonna sign, is he going to sign a are. couple like $200 million Japanese deals now? It's just like, it's a wrap. Is Shrick's on... Well, we're, we're Shrick, what's Shrick's on? Where are they based? Yeah, it was, I mean, Japanese the ball, company? I, yeah, I, I mean, they were, but people play their golf Are they Asics? That's why. They're Asics. They, they're tied with Asics now, right? That's a great, I don't know. Well, he wears Asics. I think Shrick's on and Asics are somehow related. A um, billion dollars. Hideki, Asics doesn't married. really sell. They just started selling golf shoes in the United States. Because to me, when I when you say Asics, I think running shoes, like track yeah. and field, right? yeah. So, nice win for Hideki. All right. Uh, so we talked about the DraftKings game, getting the YouTube channel mailbag. We just did our biggest mailbag ever this weekend. So we get it on that. Yeah, I think it was the biggest mailbag we've done. Oh yeah, I agree. On the YouTube live, uh, we did oh, seventeen it live, questions, right? Plus a lot of YouTube questions. So iTunes review, leave us a review, leave your question in the iTunes review, and uh, we appreciate the mailbag. That's how you get in. Appreciate you. Also check out the YouTube channel. Hey, Middlecoff. Uh, we'll do some live stuff coming up next couple of weeks. We are two and a half weeks from the draft, so, and we'll be doing uh, draft. We'll, do, we'll be doing some live draft content on draft night. Podcast today brought to you by Geology. We'll tell you more about it later. But geology.com/ham and rex r e x m d.com/ham. We appreciate their support today and your support. Yes, we do. Check them out. Should we address briefly the fact that? We got a first look. The internet got a first look this weekend on Friday at some uh, at the ham draft hat. I, I got a bunch of DMs. People want them. They're going to go for seven hundred dollars, and we'll start selling <laughs> them after the draft. That's right. You you have to pay for them in uh, crypto. Yeah, uh, ADA or Bitcoin only, or Ethereum or any Ethereum. We'll take some Ethereum. We want Deutsche Ethereum. Doge. <laughs> It'll be nine million Doge coins. <laughs> Yeah, I like it. So you know, we people were asking, "How do I get them?" We have not uh, released the details on that. We gotta, yeah, we gotta it's check coming. our our supply chain. This guy, we gotta get some ducks in a row here. Yeah, get, get our ready. sales guy on it. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, so it's gonna be a fun few weeks, John. Fun few weeks. Well, you can find us on TikToks. Where's that? At guy right, and and at John Middlecoff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like putting 
two hours into a TikTok, John, you know? Yeah, TikTok's hard, bro. <laughs> it's it's a challenge. All right, John, Adam Schefter, who's been on this podcast, was on Matt Mayoko's show podcast and uh, talking about quarterbacks. Shefty said this. Now, if you're asking me today who I would guess the Niners draft, I would guess Mac Jones today. But we're also three weeks away from the draft. There are going to be a lot of meetings. There are going to be a lot of discussions. There are going to be attending workouts. Uh, Schefter said, I think they go into this looking at three quarterbacks who will be there. They're obviously going to watch Justin Fields work out again. They, I think they have a high opinion of Trey Lance, and I think they have a high opinion of Mac Jones. So I think they like all three. I think they have an open mind right now. Open mind right now. Now, you and I, we have been very open-minded over the possibility of this Mac Jones stuff. It's not real yet, and it's certainly not over, John. And Schefter is telling us this is not over. We have not come down the stretch yet of this Kentucky Derby. Well, one thing I saw today on the internet streets was, oh, the backpedal has started, and what had we been hammering home for weeks? This franchise has had a consistent, a consistent theme to it. They took over the the leakiest operation since the Titanic went down. It was, I mean, an embarrassing joke, was it not? The last, Jim's last year, and then the, the year of Tom Sula and the year of Chip. They, they were a, a Cleveland Browns, uh, when Mark Davis took over the Raiders. Like They, they were a Lions. They, they were a laughingstock. And it wasn't just because they were losing. It was because of everything that was coming with it. That completely changed. And Lynch, remember, early on was really adamant about, like, I wasn't going to take over something. And it was never going to be like, are Kyle and John going to talk? It was like, were there other little leakies? And it was kind of like, is the owner talking a lot? That was the thing. It, it, people forget this now because we are years removed. And it's just, listen, it's natural for us all to not remember shit. But I don't think, I think people underestimate the consistent theme of the leaks were coming from Jed York. The Jed could not keep his mouth shut. And remember John Lynch said when he took the job, he's like, yeah, I said a couple things, and I just wanted to see if they came out, and they didn't, and I felt more comfortable. Do you remember that? Yes. When John had mentioned, like, in an interview process, he had said a couple things and just kind of yep. wanted to it was a keep test. his head on a swivel. Yeah, he tested them. And you know what? Since they've been here, they have been really, really quiet. And you're telling me now that the whole world just knew they were going to take Mac Jones? I never believed it. And the backpedal... We talked about this the other day. The theme, or not the theme, but the consistency of this time of year, the rinse, wash, repeat nature of it. The sources leaked out, everyone freaks, and then the draft happens, and it's the opposite. It happens every fucking year. The same reactions, the same people going on on TV. It's racism! It's, you know, these coaches are idiots! It's blah, blah, blah! It's just, it's like, oh my God, we do it every single year, end of March, early April. And then boom, the dude like, I can't believe Justin Fields went 17th! It's like, guys, the draft is three weeks away. What, what are we arguing over, right? If Let's just pump the brakes a little bit. And I, I just think this is headed where it's headed. Then Mac Jones, we talked about this also last week. That when you look at the players that they've invested a lot in have been big-time traits guys, whether it be their high draft picks in Bosa that have done well. It, it, Bosa's a great example. Uh, McGlinchey's not a great example, right? The, the success they've had, like, you know, with Debo and Ayuk, these guys with high-end traits. 
And Mac doesn't fit that. Trent Williams, who they just traded for, complete freak show, literally sat out a year, came back Pro Bowl. I mean, it was like if, if that to me, wouldn't you say Trent Williams like the definition of an NFL freak? Literally disappeared for a year. Then they had no OTAs, came back, was like making <laughs> yeah. Pro Bowl. I mean, it was, yeah. it was honestly, it was pretty eye-opening. And it's also eye-opening when you haven't followed his career that closely, how enormous he is. But like, that's who Kyle, that's who Kyle Shanahan and Mike Shanahan drafted once upon a time. So now they're just going to take the guy with the lowest floor. And you mentioned before we hit record, and I think I got forwarded the same picture of there was a picture going around the internet streets of Tua and Mac standing next to each other. They look like the same size. So it's just, it's not like Mac Jones is some 6'6 pocket quarterback with some hose. And we'll get into Trey Lance here in a second, but I, I, I don't view this as a backpedal because I never bought into it. Now, I was, I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be totally shocked if they picked him, but I didn't think anything was set in stone with Mac Jones three weeks ago. Well, then, yeah, like I said if they take and it's still they, they still could. And I stand by what I said. It'd be the most arrogant draft pick in the history of the league. Nothing's over. Nothing has changed since we first started talking about this. But it was a couple of things were alarming. How universal the agreement was. Um, this far out before they'd been to see him, before they'd been to see Trey Lance, before they'd been to see Justin Fields. What has changed? Well, time first of all this is it's four weeks it's like the one thing i'll say about the zach wilson to the jets rumor like that thing has been steady and strong and hasn't really changed for a while now right this mac jones thing came on 100 miles an hour and to your point and i said this about mac and kyle's history i don't think it really matches what kyle would want but and i think these other guys i think taking a risk would but let's just think about this for a second. You, because you asked me this question before we started recording. What has changed? Like, why would the narrative or the reports, however you want to phrase it, change from they're all in on Mac Jones to what Schefter then said? Now, well, maybe they like these other guys. Maybe they're open minded. Whatever. Because I think to say they like him today, but they're open minded, is to kind of hedge on the things might not be Mac Jones. But what has changed? I mean, Sam Darnold got traded. So if they were playing a game with the Panthers, I guess that's something that changed. But they've been ahead of the Panthers for a few weeks now, right? Uh, I mean, what's changed? Why would this change today? Well, what has changed? Well, because the Jets could have been open-minded to make a trade. Right. Right. What if there was a trade from the Panthers? If you love trade Lance... And you knew the Panther, like part of this, the draft process, I've always said this about value, isn't just about knowing where you can buy the player, right? If you can get a player at 17 and you're drafting at eight, it makes sense to try to get back to 16 to 18 range. Mm -hmm. But if you know a team at 15 also likes the player that you love, that they would take the guy if he's there, or if where you're at just is one spot above you and will jump you, then you can get screwed. And it's why it makes sense to not only lie, but push lies this time of year. What if the Jets went, well, what if we get three ones and keep Sam Darnold, right? What if we could and not move down that far? Like we could just go to eight and still get a tackle. Or what if it turns out the Carolina Panthers, the guy they loved, who they thought, let's say their board went Trevor Lawrence and Trey Lance number two. It wouldn't make sense for the Niners to let out Trey Lance was the reason they traded that package to, to the to the Dolphins. It would make 100% sense for them to leak that it was Mac Jones. Because then it's like, well, 
They're going to take Mac Jones. Don't worry about it. Because what the fuck does Sam Darnold have in common with Mac Jones? Like, their playing style, really, like I've been saying, is more like Burrow. So, you tell me, guy. Because the rumor happened. The, the people doubled down on their bet on Mac Jones going to the Niners. And see, Carolina Panthers waved the white flag because they couldn't get Mac Jones. Well, they didn't acquire a guy that plays anything like Mac Jones. They actually have a Mac Jones-like player in Teddy Bridgewater. It actually shows you that they are enthralled would be the wrong word because they didn't spend that much to get Sam Darnold. But they are they were seeking an athletic-type quarterback, right? Well, he, yeah, and again, like you, the other thing, what they have, like the Niners, the other similarity with the Niners is they do have a quarterback on the roster under contract if they needed to draft one player who might need a redshirt year, quote-unquote, right? Like what Mel Kuyper, when he was on this podcast, suggested. Now, we could talk about whether or not Trey Lance should do that or not, but that's another similarity that the Panthers have with the 49ers is they do have an expensive quarterback on their roster. They could, in theory, just play that guy while they develop the backup quarterback. Did you mention Joe Brady yet when you mentioned? Uh, no, I don't think that's the I mean, you think about the quarterback that Joe Brady had a lot of success with at LSU. He was an athletic quarterback, right? Yeah. Burrow. So I do think there are some Burrow-Darnold comps athletically. Like, I think that's an interesting um, comp you just made. There's not a, sim- a lot of similarities uh, athletically between between Mac and Burrow. We've had a few people. Somebody We talked about that the other day, and then somebody DM'd me. Apparently, Joe Burrow was like an all-state point guard point guard, out of high school. Yeah. yeah. Super athletic. Much more athletic than Mac Jones, even though some people Wouldn't say Wouldn't you say Mac in this, athletic. once Urban got there, the level of quarterback they were going at in the in recruiting athletically was different than probably yeah. the Krenzels you were naming when Joe we Germains. years ago. Yeah. yeah. They, they were going after a Cam, a Tebow, like an elite guy, because that's what, what is Urban, when I think Urban Meyer, I think an athletic quarterback, right? Absolutely. You know, uh, Alex Smith. The, the other thing um, that Joe Douglas, Eagles, Howie Roseman, one move, it's never one move, it's always three moves with Howie, right? Does the trade back with Miami. What if Joe Douglas wanted to move back to – what if he had considered I'll go to eight with Carolina, two to eight, and then maybe I'll try and come back up to four, right, with Atlanta. Uh, maybe I'll go back up to six, whatever. Like he could and have been considering that. And add a first-round pick along the way. Yeah, like – and then I can move back and maybe I still get a guy that I like, right? Because if they both like Lance, maybe Joe Douglas is thinking, well, I can go back to four – Maybe I like fields enough. I don't know. Whatever. I just you start thinking about yeah. all these scenarios where it's not black and white. Sometimes, right? It might be just a value play. Well, I can get this guy too, but I like the guy I could get a four, and I could add another first round pick. Like maybe that's worth it. So there were some reasons, and when you and I talked about this when the Niners traded for the third pick, and I said it, I would not sleep easy. I know everyone's saying Zach Wilson. I know they've talked to the Jets. I, if I were the Niners, I wouldn't exhale until I'm on the clock, and I know for sure who I'm drafting. And I still kind of feel that way, just because I, I know they don't. I, I know they don't get the same. The money doesn't come from the same places anymore. I do feel it'd be Mike. When I think McDaniel's, I think Lafleur. Like they were like two peas in a pod. You're like, how would those guys not be communicating? It. it let's say me and you went to like rival podcasts, but we were still buddies. I guess the Jets and Niners aren't rivals, but competing for the same stuff, we'd still talk. I I just have a hard time thinking that those organizations, through their coaches, don't know. 
unless Kyle just hasn't told them. Yeah, Kyle might just know naturally with a he. You don't tell, put it this. How, here's a here's a better analogy. I think we split up and don't talk. Do you think I could guess if you were drafting second, I was drafting third? Do you think I could guess the the like what I think you would do? Do you think you could guess what you think I would do? Like yes, yes. So they might not even have to talk to kind of know who Mike Lafleur would like. Yeah, or exactly no, not his who call, Kyle loves. But, exactly who yeah. Kyle loves. Yes. Kyle might have told Robert Sala during the fall, right? <laughs> like, hey, I mean, we're out of it. I what if what if I told you? Here's the John again. He started watching some of the college quarterbacks in December. They've also all talked on the like officially. John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have talked to Joe Douglas. They've talked about Sam. They know what like all this stuff. These discussions. They've all talked to each other now. Maybe about something else, but you're kind of fishing. Again, I. It doesn't seem. Yeah, Joe Douglas looks like a guy that can keep a secret, doesn't he? Yeah, so does Kyle Shanahan. But you're saying if you were to trust each other? Yeah, I'm just saying I, I do think they could work hand in hand and keep a good working relationship to each other. Like well, Joe Douglas, salt of the earth, blue collar lineman. Gotcha. Right? I believe, He's that yeah. type. Yeah. Uh, the Niners, multiple people were trying to trade up to three. And that thing stayed quiet for a month. You know, like I, I believe that discussion started based on what John Lynch said at the beginning of March because they were done watching the quarterback tape by the end of February. So they started trying to move up at the beginning of March. I think the key now is for the people that just, you know, intake this content like cocaine to their brain. There's hope now. There's hope. The back pedal is Just remember who did not go hook, line, and sinker on Mac Jones, everybody, okay? Now, if he gets taken, then we, that's a different conversation. Yeah, then we'll figure it out from there. By the way, John, I just got we just uh, got a tweet. Congratulations to uh, this is where's our guy, Nick? No, uh, Mashman, who said tweeted at us and said that he I just won the Ham Masters League. I used my wife's name. Thanks for setting this up. So nine hundred bucks, Betha Betha Medea, I think is his wife's name. Congratulations! It's like naming your hor- your boat after your wife, you know. Attaboy. Naming That's your awesome. DraftKings team is, is the modern version of naming your ship after Congratulations. your yacht. That, that is cool. That's cool. John, let's tell the people about geology. It is what we use, and you got to give it a shot. 40% off right now at geology.com slash ham. That's G-E-O-L-O-G-I-E, geology.com slash ham. This is men's skincare at a very high level. Well, you're thinking about this guy. Most men, and I know I could relate, used to be like, I'll just use Dove soap all over my body and on my face and my head. No. Guys, this isn't the 50s. It's 2020, 2021. Get with the times. (laughs) You go to geology, and listen, I have really oily skin, and I shave my head so it can get extra oily. Here's the key. You go to geology.com slash ham. You fill out a little questionnaire. You, You let them know you got oily skin, you got dry skin, what you need. They sent me face wash. They sent me different uh, uh some stuff to exfoliate they sent me fantastic night cream i would never used creams before in my life put a night cream i wake up my face is really supple and some good uh vital morning face cream as well i mean they the products they sent me were outstanding can't thank them enough i'll tell you one thing that happens to me because i i try to shave every day in the pandemic it's it's for the last year john is 
probably the only time I've been shaving every day just to try and feel you're at home. You're not going out. I just want to feel like I got my act together. And so what is what happens is I'll end up with dry skin all over my face, like oh, around my lips, yeah. under my, my chin, just because my skin, when you shave every day, it kind of takes a little bit of a beating. I have sensitive skin. And the night cream and then the I've got this uh, vital morning face cream. To me, it makes oh. such a difference. My wife's not walking up to me picking dry skin off of my chin, that sort of thing. Um, and Geology hooked it up. So yep. the, between I, the night cream and the day cream, it's just changed kind of how soft and uh, presentable I, I, my, my face is. I can notice. The guys, day. let's stop, stop being old school. Get with the times. Save up to 40%. 40% first purchase of a trial set. Head over to geology.com slash ham. G-E-O-L-O-G-I-E dot com slash ham. Do it now. One thing that Schefter told Mayoko, just a little drop it in. I think they have a high opinion of Trey Lance. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> and the more you read, the more people you talk to, the more you read and hear other people, there are a lot of things that it seems like Kyle would attach to with this guy, who, by the way, turns 21 after the draft in May. He's 20 years old. I uh, text him with a buddy on Saturday. I'm like, have you watched Trey Lance? He's like, actually, just kind of bored, had a couple pops. I was going to throw him in right now. This team is not in the quarterback mix. Calls me about 30 minutes later. He's like, you know what? I could see Kyle Shanahan liking him. And I said, why? He said, you should see this guy throw on the run and on the move. I'm like, what's Kyle's bread and butter? The play-action boot pass, right? It, it became a cheat code this year for Rodgers. It was like, Aaron... If you just embrace this offense, it won't be fair. He's like, okay, I'll just fuck, I'll give in. MVP! Matt, Matt Ryan the first year was like, you know, I didn't love turning my back to the defense, and he embraced it, MVP. But Matt Ryan, unlike Rodgers, wasn't a great athlete. And you saw it with Goff. You know, there were guys wide open. It was just always a little awkward when he was on the move. And Jimmy's decision-making wasn't that good. My buddy's like, this guy's actually pretty accurate. And I said, what do you think about the Kaepernick comp? He's like, actually, I kind of thought that too watching him. Now, he's like, I do think he's more ac- much more accurate on the move. Touch, he said, was something that would be a concern. Uh, but he's like, if you look at recent memory, if you get a high character guy, this guy is. If you get a guy that everyone loves, this guy's represented by Tom Condon. Uh, full disclosure, we've been trying to get him on the show. Clearly, they're keeping him a little low profile. He's represented by Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Alex Smith, Stafford, like... They they don't mess with no issues. Like, they ain't fucking around. And I, to me, that's a positive. And on top of Trey Lance, it's like, he's just this raw product that you get to mold. I could see the maybe their Jimmy ploy is, because his point is like, well, you know how you thought, talking to me, that Jimmy's a foregone conclusion gone at the draft. If you draft Trey Lance, maybe because he's only played the one year you just at least wait till some training camp practices. No, okay, we got like this guy can start, or maybe he's clearly not ready before you pull the trigger yeah. on Jimmy. It yeah. gives you a contingency plan, almost like uh, we used to say this a lot with guys in a draft room on uh, talking players. Like you know, if if he goes to the right coach, he could be a pro bowler. If he goes to the wrong place, out of the league three years. It was the ultimate like cover your ass, but it's a natural. You and I Doesn't do it. Like wrong. most humans do it, right? It's not. If Trey Lance, what if he's not ready and there's no way to know if he would be ready because he just hasn't played? You could conv- I would 
backpedal a little bit on my Jimmy is gone draft night if Trey Lance is the pick, even though I think Jimmy's time would still be numbered maybe by week one. But I think you would want to see something with a guy that's been a one-year starter and, like you said, 20 years old. I, I, I watched a video today from several weeks ago from NFL Network. I just stumbled into it doing some Trey Lance reading, and it was our buddy Lance Erline saying that he thinks Trey Lance is a great fit for the Niners, and if the Niners want to keep Jimmy around, then Trey Lance is actually the perfect quarterback for them to draft. But he also referenced a bunch of stuff like his offense is very similar, West Coast, a lot of bootlegs, a lot of fullback and tight end throws, very long. I was reading this article from Mark Schofield at Yahoo Sports from mid-March, and he had some quotes from North Dakota State's offensive coordinator. And he said our verbiage is, first of all, our verbiage is long, like it's Shanahan-esque long play calls. One thing he said was, our guys have to make calls from the huddle. No one even huddles anymore. Our guys have to play call in the huddle. And then Trey Lance has a lot of responsibility at the line of scrimmage pre-snap. Like, I think there is a lot. When One thing you've said a lot is you can draft a guy, but once you get him, you just don't. There's a lot of stuff you don't know how he's going to handle it until he's in your building. I do think one thing you could try to do is football stuff too. Like, cause you're even draft picks, you're projecting their football. And a lot of times it doesn't parallel stuff. That's where that is a huge benefit. Yeah. What if the guy makes throws that you call? What if the guy (laughs) has to do some of the things that, you know, creates a big learning curve for your quarterbacks, like it did for Matt Ryan, the long play calls. So I, I do think there are some areas where Shanahan could try and project Under, under center, under center. I think, uh, you know, you can watch the tape and know that the adjustments being made at the line of scrimmage are you could probably get in the film room and ask him about it a little bit and find out how much he was really doing at the line of scrimmage, because according to his coaches, it's a lot. And only 20. I think Kyle would love the idea of a, like you could argue that Kyle can do way more molding with Trey Lance than he can do with Justin Fields, that Justin Fields maybe is a little bit closer. Not that you can't do that stuff with Justin Fields, too, but just that there is way more clay to work with. When it comes to Trey Lance. So I, you know, um, I think there's a lot there. And, you know, you and I talked about how dumb some of the Ohio State, no Ohio State quarterbacks has succeeded. I mean, we're talking about guys that were not drafted very high, but this is now the third straight NFL quarterback that North Dakota State has produced. Maybe there's something to the way they coach these guys in college. Totally agree. Uh, I was watching some path to the draft last, I think on Friday, actually, and DJ ranked Fields and Lance, just how one, two, who he'd take. Because I do think there are, there are parallels between it's, it's just going to go Trevor, it's going to go Zach. Most human ble- beings do not believe Mac Jones is in Z- Trey Lance or Justin Fields' category. I would agree. He took Lance over Fields. And one comment he had, he just like, I, I think there's just more urgency to the way he plays. He's just, his, his play style is just twitchier. Uh, and that's to the Kaepernick comparison who, you know, I, I said, well, in the clips I watched, I thought he was a little more fluid. He's like, yeah, you know, NFL people, when they're super locked, he's like, I still think he's a little tight. Like, he's not going to be Kyler or Vic juking, or Lamar juking people out. But his athleticism, to run through like, Ka- <laughs> like young Kaepernick's, is a huge, huge benefit, right? Young Kaepernick was really, could just run away from guys. And just even if it could get to the sideline for five or six yards, which is something Jimmy doesn't bring to the table, I think drafting Trey Lance would be an all-time curveball because for the fans, they were wanted no part of Mac and they wanted Justin Fields. But I don't think they could – this would be – he did take a huge swing, yeah. right? And then it would just be kind of Trey Lance from then on out would be being compared to wherever Justin Fields ends up going, right? 
I don't do you th- see. I don't think it's nothing. Now, maybe he would have done this before if 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 Fields had had his workout and Mac had had their workout before the Niners just traded up to three. Maybe the Niners would have attended none of them. Right, the Mac workout came and the Fields workout came on the same day well, doing, after the Niners. Yeah, they're doing up. like seven pro days too. So yeah, so now you're getting you know another you one. Get- <laughs> but I don't think it's nothing. Like one thing I've just kept in the back of my head, I don't think it's nothing that the Niners didn't go to the Trey Lance workout back when they were drafting twelve. Yes, I agree. I don't think that's nothing. And Kyle's we, talked about that. The reason when they've been in the back before, why they don't go to work. That's right. And then he said it at the press conference. So I, I do think there's something here with Trey Lance. And as someone who has said, I'd love Justin Fields uh, as a draft pick for Kyle. I would be, I'd be, I, I would be very intrigued by Trey Lance at three. Like I, if he makes that pick, I would think I would call that an inspired pick. Like that is I'm, a I'm, high, high ceiling potential pick. I'm going to go on record right now saying April 11th, I think Trey Lance is the guy they end up taking. The more I thought about it a lot, after talking to some people, I've been trying to put their puzzle together. I think that Trey Lance makes actually a lot of sense. Like, backing it up, you got to reverse it, because before he was the sleeper kind of of the group, including Mac Jones, because he was a small school guy. No one watched him play live. But I think in NFL circles, it's why I think you hear a lot of like Washington loves him, other teams like him. He is the upside guy that no one knows. Like the reason Justin Fields gets talked about the most, and this is classic every year, the guy from the biggest school with a lot of talent is going to be the guy that everyone wants. And he's, and he's got the numbers him, to back it up, right? Yeah, it doesn't make him the best prospect. And part of it is projecting. Kyle might see things in Trey Lance that he likes over Justin Fields. Like, do you? If it comes Saturday or Thursday night, they take Trey Lance and pass on Justin Fields. Like, are we talking about that as like a controversial decision or is that celebrated? Yeah, I think it's celebrated. I think it'll be controversial only in this, not in like an angry controversy. It's not back! (laughs) Yeah, well, exactly. That would be celebrated. But I think it would be controversial only in the sense that like Justin Fields is a really good prospect. So you made a choice here. But I think like feel... um, to me, Lance. Like, wh- wh- who are you leaning? They take right now at three. So it's funny you say this. I last week I was texting with somebody who covers the team, and we we're going back and forth about why we both think it'll be Lance. I haven't. I hadn't necessarily settled on that because then the Mac Jones stuff kind of picked up. Fields feels too easy. If I had to make odds right now, I would also go Lance because it's been the quietest guy they've been on. Yeah. Right. So honestly, that's the way I follow the Niners. Like the quieter they are, the quieter they in, in are, some, in something like this where you like know the two or three guys, it's between. It's got to be. And I think some of this stuff is the easiest to match them with when we start talking about all the things that Trey Lance did in college, his youth. And the other thing I was going to say is, I think Lance. I don't. You know, I don't love the Kaepernick comp to Lance from what I've watched. Trey Lance, I don't. I know I don't see it because I think he is. I don't actually don't think his arm is as strong downfield as Collins is, but I think he does a lot of other stuff better than Collins. I did. think they're talking more like body type and movement wise and okay. stuff like that. Um, but uh, I th- like to me wh- where the comp would be is ready for this double comp Mahomes and and Josh Allen. I'm not saying he's those guys. I'm just saying the leap is bigger for him. Like the leap was bigger for Josh Allen than it was for some of the other guys in his draft. The projection on Mahomes, right, took a little more vision than like the Deshaun Watson projection. Would you agree with that? Based on college, just like who, college production, like that one took yeah. a little more vision. I I'm putting Lance in that category only from that standpoint. Like it just takes a little more vision, but because of that untapped potential, the ceiling 
is higher. It would not surprise me in the least. If Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan just texted me, said he loved your he loved your comp. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Josh Allen with little Mahomes. Yeah, he, Josh Allen like, with that's little Mahomes. We're taking him. It's like every <laughs> it's like every college senior when you ask him like who he plays basketball. Like, yeah. ah, it's like Kobe, but that MJ makes it sound like not as awesome as like if you just went Mahomes a little bit of Josh Allen. That's too great. You gotta go. He's Josh Allen with a little Mahomes sprinkled. Yeah, and some some. And then, and a little Kaepernick, you know, to kind of equal it out. I think if, what what I mean by it, the simplest way to put it is I just think it would not surprise me if Shanahan thinks that Lance's ceiling is higher than Justin Fields. And when when I mention him with Allen and Mahomes, all I'm talking about is the gap between what they've done and where their ceiling actually is. One, think about this. And this is why I had such an issue with what I still had to, and I still acknowledge, like Mac Jones is a possibility. Of, of investing your life savings in the safe route when, like you have been saying the whole time, and anyone with a brain, there is no such thing as safe in the NFL with a non-like, even like luck. And definitely Mac Jones is not. It would just been like, you know, I, I think I mentioned this, like an oxymoron. It's like the polar opposite. You do one move here, and then the, then the final result is the opposite. This would be, if you are going to take just a swing for the fence, you double down on taking the guy that is the swing for the fence, right? I think what makes him so intriguing slash just uh, there's just so much unknown. And I think anytime you have an unknown, like no one's seen him. You can go on YouTube and watch highlights. There is just a difference of being a Niner fan and watching a couple Mac Jones, Justin Fields, even Zach Wilson. Like you've just seen him play live on your couch. There's some comfort in that. I, I, I'm not saying there wouldn't be comfort in this pick just because it's not Mac Jones, but I do think some people would be like, wow, this is pretty risky, right? Yeah, but 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 again, I think they're all risky, and I think if I'm well, Shanahan— risky the moment they traded, so we might as well get— I'd go double down on the risk. Wait a second, you're, you're telling me this guy's risk. barely played football and he's this level of prospect, and he's this high level of guy? I, you know— uh, all the stuff, and we've talked about it, this Justin Fields banged the table when they were not going to let him play. Justin Fields said, we want to play. And, you know, he gets a lot of credit for that. And he should. But Trey Lance should get a lot of credit for Minnesota wanted him to be a safety. And he was like, no, I am a quarterback. I'm going to be a quarterback. I think I said this a couple of weeks ago. My perspective on Tebow, how I changed my perspective on him. I used to be with the crowd yelling, Tim, if you really love football, you would switch to H-back. Tim's like, no, I want to be a, I want to be a quarterback. I want to see if I can do that. And I used to kind of mock him for it, and I, I was stupid. I give him nothing but respect for that. I knew what he wanted to be. He didn't want to be an H-back. It doesn't mean he didn't love football. He wanted to be a quarterback. Trey Lance wanted to be a quarterback. And his only chance to do that was to go to North Dakota State, and he did it. Look at what he's done. I mean, he 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 did it, John. That's pretty incredible. And Hashtag get, bet on yourself. He should get so much credit for that. Just like Justin should, v, Just like all these guys. Like, Should we change the name of this pod to bet on yourself? Bet on yourself pod? <laughs> that's, that's what we did. You know, sometimes you just got to... And it's, it's e- a little easier now. I, I think it was much more just natural in college football for guys to switch positions. I remember being at, at Fresno state and we would offer guys as athletes and they would think they could play quarterback and then be playing corner by like the third week. That used to be very, very prevalent at bigger schools, like the power five schools, right? When guys could go to, let's say a Fresno state and play quarterback. Fresno was a bad example because they ran a pro style, but some of just a Tulsa or whoever just ran some of these weird offenses and potentially play quarterback Houston, but if you wanted to go to Ohio State, you might have to play safety. And I think guys that st- stuck it out, 
and actually got to play quarterback, even if it wasn't on Power 5, I bet a lot of them would say, I'm fucking glad I did it. I got to be a three-year starter. Yeah. And this is the best-case scenario when you become a big-time draft pick. But would you rather play quarterback and be a three-year starter at Nevada, or would you rather be a safety at Oregon and maybe start one year and not be an NFL player, right? Because most guys, the reality is most guys aren't NFL players on a college football team. And that's at Ohio State, let alone at Oregon State. Right? Minnesota. Little. Yeah, let alone at Minnesota or Nevada. So I, I, I give, if you believe in something and you like doing it, reading reading would be strong. Listening to Steve Young's book, he was big on that. Mm-hmm. Remember, he was going to tell BYU no because North Carolina allowed him to play quarterback. Right. And he got lucky. They ultimately dropped a scholarship or whatever, and he got to go there. But, you know, I give you a lot of credit. Like, you had a belief when you were in high school. A lot of kids whether it's football, whether it's just life, don't quite are more unsure and more willing to just go with the coolest thing or just kind of follow the pack. I give people a lot of credit that have a distinct vision at 16, 17, 18 years old because that, to me, that tells something a lot about someone's future. I mean, look at Haberman. <laughs> yeah, look, look at me. Uh, yeah, I mean, it says something about work ethic if you pull it off, too. Like, I just think there's so much of this, all the questions that you have about a guy... I think Kyle can get some of the answers that you can't always get about guys when it comes to Trey Lance. And um, the only other thing I would say about this right now is while you're right, if they draft him, it might make it more likely that Garoppolo is their quarterback. It also would mean if Garoppolo is their quarterback, that Trey Lance basically has gone two years without playing football games. If, yeah, it'd be if a lot somehow, of sitting. It'd be a lot of sitting. Um I don't know if they'd want to do that. Maybe they think it'd be good. I don't know. But it also would Save, give them an guys, opportunity. So we got a lot of Trey Lance stock to carry us. It, it, it'd just... give him a lot of opportunity to, um, to come out looking down. a lot that's... better two years later than he did the last time we saw him. That, that, that's a good topic about May 10th. Okay. Got it. <laughs> All right. So if Jimmy, if Jimmy survives. Ham Pod is in on Trey Lance as the pick. Yes. John, let's tell the people about RexMD.com slash ham. That's R-E-X-M-D dot com slash ham a lot of men's health issues have really simple solutions and rexmd.com slash ham is a really simple solution guy one thing this show knows a lot about guys men you got a couple guys a couple dudes in their mid-30s and listen we are kings of I, I know this i never want to go to the doctor i avoid them at all costs for anything it's a it's a bad habit and it's something i need to break out of ed is something that impacts a lot of people and you don't want to tell anyone. That's fine. I, I wouldn't either. You can let people know without letting anyone know because it's all through the internet now. And right now, sample packs of ED medications are available to the listeners of this show through RexMD.com. They carry the most popular medications and at great prices. How do you beat that guy? Half of all men experience ED after the age of 40. That stat might sound scary, but it is a fact. Way more common than you and I ever realized till we read that stat. It's never been easier to take control of your health. Those sample pack uh, prescriptions that John mentioned are available at rexmd.com slash ham. Rex, R-E-X-M-D.com slash ham to get started with RexMD. That's rexmd.com slash ham. Do it now. Rexmd.com slash ham. Do you know where the first skill player was drafted in the 2020 NFL draft last year? Do you know what position it was? Yes, I think I share a name with the head coach and his name would be John Gruden. Henry Ruggs III, John. That was the 12th pick. It was. Would you be surprised if we last until 12 for the first skill guy? Apologies to Jeff Akuda for not calling cornerback <laughs> skill guys. <laughs> uh, one thing I think was pretty consistently said last year 
is, I guess there were two things. One overall theme was it was potentially the deepest wide receiver glass in the top couple rounds we'd ever seen. And you and I have talked about, we lived through it. I mean, we talk a lot of, obviously, the Niners and even Raiders with those two guys. But it was impossible to not, the Justin Jeffersons of the world and Judy's and the CeeDee Lambs. It was awesome. It lived up to the hype. Dudes are studs. The other thing that we heard is in this historically deep at the top, right in the first and second round, wide receiver draft, if the dude that could have come out, Jamar Chase, came out, he would have been the number one guy in the class. Like, to me, if Jamar Chase had been in the class and been there at 12, it would have been insanity to take Henry Ruggs over Jamar Chase. Especially, Jamar Chase ran a 4.39. Now, the times are inflated this year because none of the guys ran a combine, and the combine are electric times. These are hand times. They're faster. I don't think Jamar Chase is a 4.39 guy. I bet if we... I guess Ruggs ran like a 4.28 at the combine. <laughs> Ruggs' speed is elite. Like, Ruggs is Can't we electric faster. time this thing off the video? I don't understand. Yeah, it's just... It just is what it is. I, I don't know. It's complicated, guys. Scouts get angry. They're there to time. And uh, I, this guy would have gone higher. And then, to me, guy, there's this curveball. Oh, yeah, and there's also this, like, 6'6 hybrid tight end that ran, like, a 4'4", who's, like, 245 pounds, and he's an unstoppable force. Think, like, uh, Gronkowski, but a more fluider mix with Hernandez and potentially Kelsey, but even better. That's what the way they're talking about Kyle Pitts. So, and I... And in modern-day football, Kyle Pitts is viewed more as a pass catcher than he's not a blocker. Like, he's not going to be George Kittle. Guess what? No one cares. <laughs> so, you, to me, Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts are probably going in the top 10. And last year, for as great as the draft was, the skill guys, and it was awesome. And there's a chance when the dust settles, like, there aren't five total wide receivers in this draft as good as that whole crew. But I do feel at the top end, the skill guys are going to go a lot higher, which... I think it's a big reason why Howie went from like 6 to 12 because he knows other position players are going to get pushed down. Remember, part of it last year was quarterbacks and tackles. It was just like, and corners. It was two corners went. The Jags took one. The Lions took one. About seven linemen went, it feels like, between the top 12, 13 picks, including Kinlaw's defensive tackle and quarterbacks, the three quarterbacks in the top six. So it was just... It was kind of a meat and potatoes draft. And then all the wide receivers went flying off the shelf starting at pick 12, yeah. right? Basically till the Niners. Thir- well, John, I mean, 13 receivers went from pick 12 to pick uh, 59. All right, so that's, that's the, a, the Denzel Mims uh, at 59 was the last receiver taken of the second round. And when he got drafted, like he was the yeah. 13th receiver taken in the draft. Look, for Jeff Okuda's sake, John, we'll say offensive skill guys. Um, for all the uh, for all the corners out there, but I don't I, Jeff Akuda. From what I've heard, I don't know if he has any room to complain after his. I'm just saying, well, not go don't away. we call corners technically? Don't we refer to them as skill guys? Kind they of. They are. Yeah, I mean, they run with the skill guys when they're doing gassers. So yeah, they're fast. They're skinny. <laughs> <laughs> so this year, I mean, to your point, if Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, you know, if those guys go in the top ten, then does that mean all of a sudden? One of these Alabama receivers goes before even the first guy went last year. Do we have two receivers plus pits off the board before 12? But but do you know what I think last year showed? Part of it in the draft is always the supply and demand. So you go, well, it's harder to find a left tackle now or going to be later. You got to take them now. I can find a wide receiver later. Like you got to factor that in. But I do think it's like I'd always rather have my left tackle I than my wide receiver. More. Yeah. I, well, so wh- why wouldn't all these tackles, if there are three tackles worthy of top fifteen picks, you should like when I see the Atlanta Falcons should they take, you know, or or, or the Bengals should they take 
Jamar Chase to link him back up with Joe Burrow. No. Just that that viral meme that's going around is kind of true. Like, you can just find another skill guy in the second round. Get a lineman to block for the guy, You mean the meme of they draft Penesul and Joe is throwing and they draft Jamar Chase. like a clean pocket. Draft Jamar Chase, Jamar's wide open and he's sacked. Well, I think part of this is like... It is a good meme, though. It's a very good meme, and I think it speaks to the bigger thing in the NFL right now. Is last year going to be an outlier where basically, again, if rugs, but like 14 receiver draft picks got nailed, like you just nailed 14 picks. Like I don't, you're not going to get maybe the 2020 class every year, but I do think there is something to this thing where just rookie receivers come into the NFL and are productive right away. I, I think that is real. I think the idea that you don't have to take Jamar Chase at seven or Jalen, or all of a sudden Chase and Waddle are gone and you jump up to take Devontae Smith at 9 or 10 or 14 or wherever he's going to go, and you can just sit back at 34 and take Terrace Marshall. I, like, I think there is something to that. Like, I think that's real. Well, think about this. I'll never forget talking to Coach Reed, I think, three years ago about Mahomes. It was after his MVP season. And it was like, was it harder to evaluate him coming from the spread offense? Because that was always the knock, right? It was harder to see how the guy would translate. And he's like, no. I actually found it way easier. He said 20 years ago, some quarterbacks only threw it 15, 20 times a game. I would just siphon out the quick wide receiver screens, which, yeah, any quarterback can function, right? Everything five yards and deeper down like are going to be NFL passes, right? How does his arm? How is he accurate? Wouldn't the same go for a wide receiver? Do you remember being a kid and seeing guys get drafted and it was like, career high, 30 catches. Now they got, at minimum, two years of 60, 70 catches, Part of 60, 70 catches, you get to see him contested balls. You get to see him break tackles. You get to see him quick screens. You get to see him run deep outs. You get to see him run deep corners. You get to see him run go routes. I argue evaluating a wide receiver who's played a lot and produced a lot, you've never had more film to evaluate them actually playing wide receiver in this last definitely three or four years, probably like the last decade. But now all even when the Alabamas and the LSUs start passing it more, uh, Ohio State, fuck. I actually would imagine that many like GMs would say, you know, it's actually easier to evaluate wide receivers. Part of the reason DK Metcalf fell, right, was when he like looked at his game log, he had missed a lot of time. He had been injured. His his questions were injury-related. Like when you looked at Justin Jefferson, he had produced. Ruggs had played. Judy had played. CD had played. Even Ayuk was a little bit of a mystery because he, he had only been really a one-year super production the previous year as a JC transfer. That's probably, like if Ayuk had been a four-year guy or three-year guy, who knows? Maybe his film was so much better he never would have been there. Maybe. I mean, these guys are playing. I would also say Ayuk even is a little bit of an outlier, even when he played with Nikhil. Like, look at these LSU guys. Look at these Alabama guys. I know they're outliers, but the ball gets thrown so much that you can have multiple really productive players on one team. You play all your seven-on-seven. Who knows how many passing routes these guys have run over the courses of their lives now relative to how many some guy ran when he came out 20 years ago, right? The ball gets thrown. If you throw the ball 40 times, now my number three receiver might have six targets, maybe more. So I yeah. like the idea, like Ayuk is kind of an outlier, even in the sense that you should be able to rack up 50 catches as a number two guy. If your team throws the ball. Now the thing was a true freshman quarterback and right. a true freshman quarterback that year, his fresh is, I guess, first year transferring in, right? Uh, Jaden, or no, no, Jane no, was a true freshman was his... the year that Ayuk was productive. Yeah, you're right. 
but it was Manny who's not good. Yeah, but they but but again, like that's a unique situation. I just my point is like, look at this. You got Terrace Marshall. You got all these Alabama guys last year. All these Alabama guys this year. You could be a number three receiver. The ball gets thrown so much, you're going to get a bunch of targets. Well, remember watching Bama a couple years ago, and it was like Waddle, Judy. It's like they had them all, and they were all catching. You could watch a game. It was well, like. I remember texting people like, who's Devontae Smith? Who's this Waddle guy? Who's this Ruggs guy? God, he's fast. You're right. They all caught the ball a lot. They, I, I don't think any of them would say, yeah, I didn't really get to eat. Right? My time, my turn's next week. My turn's going to be the third quarter. It's a good part about playing. I mean, that's always been the case for the Leach, Lincoln, Riley offenses, right? Is all their wide receivers eat in Texas Tech and at Washington State, now with Rolovich, with Lincoln. Some of the old school offenses like Julio and Amari got to eat. And then as Alabama progressed, they've just spread it out and everyone's well, eating. Here's another one. Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Tony. I mean, Tony had 70 catches this year. Pitts had 43. Pitts had 770 receiving yards and 12 touchdowns. Tony had 984 receiving yards and 10 touchdowns. Yeah. Kyle Trask is like, that's me, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But, I mean, yeah, Kyle Trask threw the ball. He threw 43 touchdowns. He threw the ball 437 times in 12 games. To Kyle Trask, if you're evaluating him coming out in the draft, he does have a, like, you could just, you'd get a really good evaluation on him as a player. Watched him, right? Well, this is what, I've said this for years. I've never understood, like, he played with NFL guys. Yeah, well, guess who he's going to play with in the NFL? NFL guys. So, great. I think sometimes, like when you have an NFL wide receiver and you play at like a lower level, you're that's like, true. Oh, you guys are just taking advantage. Like the thing I've heard in defense of the Bama wide receivers is like, you guys do realize they go up against Sertain every day in practice, or you guys realize they go up against an NFL SEC multiple defense. DBs every yeah. day in practice. Yeah, sure. the best defense they play typically has been in practice. That's where like the game Gabriel Davis from UCF turns out he's a good player. One of the best yeah. games he had two years ago was against. Uh, What's his name? The corner from from Stanford, who people thought at the time maybe was about to come out and be a top fifteen pick. I'm blanking on his name right now, but is that guy coming out this year? Yeah, corner? he's coming out this year. Did he opt out last year? Uh, he did. He, uh, I think he opted out only after the season got canceled. I think, or then maybe God, opted I was back in and then he opted him. out again. I can't remember exactly what the deal was. Yeah, it was confusing stuff going on. Um, but but yeah. he was a guy a few years ago. Uh, Paulson Adebo, they people thought was like going to be a first round pick, and then, well, you, I, I crushed one time uh, the what's his name, uh, J- Jonathan Abram. I remember being like, I, I don't love this pick, a big hitter, and then someone DM me in the league was like, uh, watch his game against Iowa, Hawkinson, and whoever else, Fant. Because they Mississippi State played Iowa in a bowl game, hit the year he came out, and he dominated them. So, like, you go into a draft room, you go, well, we got these two guys that are going to get drafted in the first round, look at them, checking them up, right? right? You you feel good about – that's a huge part about projections is you don't have to project when the matchup is like, well, that's going to be the problem for Kyle Pitts. Like, who who was really covering him? And that's going to be the argument in the draft room. Like, who can cover him in the NFL? Yeah, those The, the players he played people? in college are – like, these, <laughs> these become NFL players. <laughs> yeah, it's the SEC. Like, that's just – there's going to be no slowing him down. So, do you think what do you, you do you think we only get three receivers in the first round this year, or you think it's like four or five? Because once a couple guys go, you know it can. Well, t- well, get t- a Tony's a char- Tony's a character guy, so he's going to fall. Uh, I mean, Waddle, little Devontae, When I say little skinny, and Jamar Chase are lock first rounders, right. and then it feels like Pitts there's a big gap. 
Yeah, then then I think it's up in the air. There's going to be potential. If a guy is, it's going to be one of those. Whoa! I didn't know much about this guy because there's not many famous. Rondale Moore, who ran a really good time, right? The, the Minnesota kid. I think there's a guy at North Carolina. I, I my guess is a lot of those guys go third round. What I think, or I mean, excuse me, second round. What I think happens is a couple running backs this year, which didn't really happen the last couple years. Najee goes in the first round. Does ETN, like, do you look at ETN like this hybrid kind of player who's just an elite prospect from an elite school? Does he go in, like, the late 20s? You know, is that one of those, like, the Steelers take it 25 or 23? You know, it's one of those. That, to me, yeah, ET, I mean, Najee, might, guy, Najee might go in the teens. Well, don't you like him more than Clyde Edwards-Alaire? Yes. Who went 32 last year? Like, rece- running backs do get drafted at the end of the first round. It still happens. Yeah. <laughs> I think if they would rather have Najee than Clyde, and they like Clyde, but it's just Clyde was the best running back in the class. I mean, Clyde was good. <laughs> I mean, Clyde, Clyde fit, would be Clyde, fun. yeah, Clyde, Clyde fits. I mean, Josh Jacobs went twenty four, then Miles, then you know. So we've had one last two years. We've had one first round running back eighteen. Didn't we have two or three in eighteen? Let me see. We had Rashad Penny. The, the year Chubb came out would have been eighteen. I think. Where's my RBs would've, at? From RBs, uh, well, Saquon, then Penny, then Sony Michelle. So we ended up with three. Then Chubb went 30. There's always a running back that goes like 35, 34. You notice that? Like, I don't that like him in the first good. round, but I love him at the top of the second round. It happens every yeah. year. Let's go back to 17 just for fun. Do it one more time here. Um, Fournette, McCaffrey, then Dalvin went 41. Joe Mixon went 48. Kamara went 67. Hunt went 86. Holy shit, this ru- this running back draft. <laughs> Deontay Foreman went 89. James Conner went 105. Samaji Pirine went 114. And Tariq Cohen went 119. Is this the greatest running back draft of all time? Jamal Williams from Green Bay went 134. Wayne Gallman went 140. I mean, God damn. that run again, Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt, Deontay Foreman, James Conner, Samaji P. Ryan, Tariq Cohen. That, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Now the Jags would say we didn't nail that pick, but I'd say that's What 10. year is this? This is 17. Does Joe Williams go in the fourth round as well? Uh, was that the Joe Williams? Would have been Kyle's first year, 17, right? 18, 17. 19, yeah, he would have. If it was Kyle's first, yeah, Joe Williams actually broke the streak of great, of like really good <laughs> running back picks. Yeah, at least it's not like you know they uh, they took Joe Williams over Alvin Kamara or something like that. <laughs> That'd be a hard one to shake. That was a hell of a running back draft for being uh, for the, the running back being dead. Did Joe Williams went after Tariq Cohen? Yeah, he went after right? all those guys. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, he okay. was the first guy that turned out of that group. That's not like a really good NFL running back right you, now. You can st- you can stomach it. Uh, I do have to say, John James Wiseman. If we could talk about the Warriors for a minute, was the number one reason. I know Steph is the number one reason to watch basketball. Wiseman was the number one reason I turned the Warriors on every night just to watch them. And yeah. uh, I did have the game on TV too. On. Saturday night when he got stone packed. I mean, I don't know what you would call it. No one uses the word pack anymore. He got packed. We used to, we used to use it in our younger days. It's different than a block. Pack is just like your whole momentum stops when the ball gets you get stiffed. And when he went down, I thought, ah, he's just kind of you know, he's hurt, kind of embarrassed, hurt, not actually hurt. Turns out he might as of this recording, I think some people are saying he's got a 
slight tear. Well, I think it's been officially reported. He's got a torn meniscus. Right? Oh, that's official I mean, now. And Shams and I mean Woj and Shams. Shams and Woj said it, so. and then I saw Monty Poole said it, but then the team is still waiting. But that's kind of what they did with Clay, remember, and everyone already knew. Yeah, they, they are kind of mum with injuries. I mean, that sucks. And I, I was thinking today, do you kind of just if the basketball gods floated down and said, hey, will you go on this five-year run where by year three you're going to add Kevin Durant and you're going to win three of five, but you will just be the lead story for five straight years and definitely three years, the basketball axis will turn on you. But the next two years are going to be an utter just catastrophe. One, this thing called Corona is going to come in this self-financed arena. You're not going to be able to have anyone. And even if you were, you're actually kind of lucky because people would be pissed because your team would suck. Uh, guy there, the number 10 seed. And really, the only reason we still talk about them like a playoff team is because of this fake playing thing that Adam Silver thinks is a good idea, which I don't even hate. I got no thought problem actually thinking outside the box and trying to create interest in, in a league that has no urgency. But, I mean, I, I just think the Warriors probably – I mean, they. I, I was texting with someone today. I'm like, are they going to miss? And it was like, well, Wiseman actually doesn't win and loss, doesn't have that big of an impact. But they do play the Pelicans, who are right behind him. And I, I just saw some of Zion's box scores. It's like 35, 10, and 12 every night. Like, he is a beast. They play the Pelicans like three times in the last two weeks, and that might come down. Like, I watched the Warriors under no circumstances are they a playoff team. Like, Steph's a playoff player. Everyone else, losers. <laughs> was not, Wiseman, to me, Wiseman was just a guy that it, most years on a really shitty team and just gets to fly around and do fun stuff. It's hard on this team because they're like trying to win, but kind of Kerr said they weren't trying to win, and then they've just had a bizarre year. It really has been bizarre. I, you would you would do the deal like the deal you described. You would absolutely do that to the, deal to the basketball gods. Yeah, you would do the deal with the gods. But you know, once you do the deal, you're like, no, nah, let's let's take advantage of this thing. Let's let's build. Let's be great again. The goal here is to make money and win. So let's make money and win. So once you're in it, it's always easy to go in retrospect and go. God, it's it was great while it lasted, but we got to be able to capitalize on this thing now. Like we built this new arena to capitalize on the fact that we matter, like really matter. So you know, now the beauty of that thing is once you get some concerts and all that kind of stuff, and you still have Steph, and but just not being able to watch this guy, like that's what this was about. Now is let's just let this guy who cares about the playoffs one way or the other. Let's maybe we'll make him. Let's let this guy run around and develop. And that's what hurts. It's like he didn't play. He played whatever eight games as a college freshman. Just the getting him. Was, I thought it was. I thought it was three. Three, whatever it was. I think you're right. Let's just let him run free for a while. He didn't get camp because he had a COVID night, positive COVID. Then he banged up a little bit with a wrist. Then he misses the first game or two after the All Star break because he missed the test, and it's just. You would not. It has not been smooth. I mean, there is no question about that. And now it's just. Do you think? Do you think Wiseman has ever been rejected like that in his life? No, I. I. It was devastating when I saw the play. I. I couldn't. I didn't notice the knee because I watched the play seven times. Like I can't believe that just happened to him because he didn't go up like it's ever happened to him. How, how does that guy? He's, guy, he went up to throw down like he was in an AAU tournament, and the uh, whole place was going to go nuts. Uh, and he got fucking rejected. I, I was shocked. <laughs> when I saw it happen live, I was shocked. And it, I am shocked. I hold my breath more on watching basketball games than I do watching football games. Now, I agree. because the collisions happen so high above the ground. Football, I agree. you probably don't appreciate how physical the sport is. But basketball, there are so many plays like Clay's play. Uh, or like Paul George when he broke his leg, that it is just 
it's high in the air. It's happening at a Full very speed. high speed, and you have to yeah. stop. And the ground is hard, and it's just landing on dunks is terrifying. It really is. Totally it agree. freaks me out. So it sucks, man, because I did. I know there, we want to see more from Wiseman and all that stuff, but I, I did enjoy watching him. I think there's just one of the most basic things in sports for a fan base. Just watch your young guy and try to figure out if he's got it or not. And Wiseman gave me that entertainment. So yeah, uh, well, that sucks. Wait till next year. <laughs> yeah. The other thing is like, how about that? You could say that you could argue the same thing, like for Bryson and the Masters. Now we've had two Masters in six months. He has not. Now maybe part of the deal with the Masters, right, is you just you got to play the place a lot, and you could argue that the way Bryson's playing it now, that all how many times do you think Bryson played the Masters before these last two events? I think like three or four times. Like you, he, he had, what, he, he once he won the U.S. Amateur, then he got in, and then he became a pro. He played it every year. So, but you could, I, I see. Part of me wonders because Matsuyama's played it a lot and played well there, right? Yeah, Bryson playing it very differently than he's ever played it before. His previous experience doesn't maybe help him as much now. That the way he's trying to play it, it's as if he's played it only twice. That these are the first times he's played it like this. That it's going to take him a while to figure it out. How to play it this new way? I don't know, but well, I'm, I pulled up the leaderboard. It's got to be the only tournament beside the ones with no cut. But the ones with a cut, you get ten thousand dollars for just making the Masters. Even if you get cut, you get ten k. Oh. It's a nice little thing. cut. Covers your rental barely. Uh, depends where you're probably renting. <laughs> Bryson finished t forty six, and he shot seventy six. He had the good round on Friday, sixty seven, then seventy five, seventy five. Bryson DeChambeau, 76, 75, 75 in three out of his four rounds. Like, that's fucking terrible. Now tell me where Phil like, finished, who does not Phil physically – he cannot hang with Bryson, but has played yeah, the course Phil a million can, times. Uh, Phil finished even, 75, 72, 69, 72. Which was that, what, 25th, something like that? You t, t 20. Okay. Basically. Like, that's my point. Stuart Sink guy, T12. His kid on the like, bag. How about that? I'm just – these guys – to me, clearly, there is something that Bryson has cracked a code. And on a flat tournament, even like at Harding Park, remember he kind of made a charge, had some moments. Matt Wolf is another guy who's like a poor man's Bryson, just hitting these bombs. He, he got DQ'd, but he, like, clearly the Masters messes with him, too. Like, for whatever reason, and you notice it watching it, the ball doesn't stop. Part of the U.S. Open, what makes it great, I think, for Bryson is the ball's going to stop if you miss the fairway for everybody. And his advantage is he's way farther down. He can hack it out. Here, the ball's always rolling. So just having uncontrolled distance with, let's face it, like even when he's controlling it straight, you don't probably want to be 360 in some of these places. Or some of his irons that are coming in at such warp. I mean, he's hitting 9-iron 200 yards. Like there is a touch element to just being able to compete at this place like the one thing all the guys in the mix we watch on saturday sunday it's like a lot of touch a lot of crazy shots a lot of like jordan spieth hitting around trees and paul casey hooking it around stuff and phil you watch bryson i hate to say this because he is an elite player and he's gonna he's gonna win a lot he's not really a big like shot maker his shots are all he is very robotic that way it always looks the same now he's elite at what he it's does while but his it club is, lengths are the same right yeah, just very, very – like, I, I would never bet on him again to win the Masters. And I have the last couple times. Like, he, maybe he does it one dime in his career. I won't have money on him. 
I think at this point in time now, it's like clearly this this is a major project for him. Well, yeah, I think what we're watching with him, it, what you're describing is that he plays like a machine. I think we're watching him trying to calibrate the machine for the Masters right now. And he is, he's not close, but he there, needs more there data. Is a, yeah, there, there is a chance like he ends up a four or five time major winner. And this is just the tournament that always gets in his Could craw. be. Could be. But because it feel guy, I watch him and think like he ain't even close. I know, I know. But I would treat him like he's only like that was the second time he's played the Masters because it's the second time he's played the Masters like this. I do think when you watch the Masters though, and here's what I've really learned these last two times betting on Bryson, there is a huge like being a shot maker, having touch, just having a feel. Like I, in a weird way, I don't think Bryson's very feel oriented. You can't be when you're swinging. And this that course hard. is He's, so you know. I think they it's all feel. I saw the no laying up guys. I think tweet like credit to ESPN and CBS. They're giving us a lot of different camera angles. Maybe it's because I saw that tweet that then I noticed what's been there the whole time, or maybe I hadn't seen it this way before. A lot, lot more openings without tons of fans. That's true. I think, but too. the level of just uneven lies that you get in a fairway, it's pretty significant. Like there are just uh, undulations. Undulations. There are a lot of undulations. Yeah. On. Good shots, not just like when you hit a ball out, offline, right? Well, do you, do you imagine the next like five years with Bryson? Let's just assume he stays healthy. You know, in like the British Open, when it's always like hard, cold, you hit like low run. Like, I, how's he going to look? Because they didn't play it last year. I'm fascinated. Like, is he going to be a factor there? Or is that's that going to mess with him too? Yeah, I don't know. I would probably stay away because that's a little. You got to have a feel. He's kind of just bomb and gouge there. And the here's it's, the thing: the wind, cha- like the conditions change. The condities can change dramatically, right? It's hard to just plug that one into the formula. And I don't say I'm that probably just, in I on Bri- that in a negative I, way. But. I would say I'm in on Bryson. Every U.S. Open, he he have a chance. This Bryson, right? U.S. Open, he'll be a factor. PGA Championship, depending on where it is, he'll definitely be a factor. I'd say the Masters and the the, the Open as the uh, as the you know they say across mm-hmm, the pond. Mm-hmm. I call it the British. Probably I would red flag him there too. Well, it could be weird. Yeah, I mean, you just think about like I'm just going back. I mean, Tom Watson competed. Shane Lowry, experienced. Jordan obviously won it. Francisco Molinari Molinari. a couple years ago. Henrik Stenson won the Open in 16. Zach Johnson, Rory, Phil, Ernie Els, Darren Clark. Like these are, you know, Patty Harrington, Tiger, obviously experienced players. Is he just going to be one of those guys that wins like three U.S. Opens and that's just kind of what he that's, dominates? Maybe. That's a pretty good career if that's what he does. What if he's like, I just did it all for the U.S. Open? <laughs> Everyone says they play four times a year. I just play. I just get loaded for one. <laughs> and, I, and I rack up like two or three other PGA Tour champ, you know, tournaments. Yeah. It'd be a really good career. Because he, he, is, he is made for like a random PGA Tour event, right? It's kind of flat and you just like let it rip. Like the Valero, the Sony. You just think of the, you know, the Crystal Geyser Open. Like the stuff you'd see in Happy Gilmore. Just the random tournaments. Bryson's going to win those. Yeah. The Masters, I'm, I'm out on them. Miss you, Tiger. We did miss Tiger. We, we never got one the Tiger you, Zoom call. One thing you hear, they do a lot of stats. Like this is Phil's 33rd uh, round at the Masters under par. This is Matt Kuchar past Tiger and the all-time match play wins. Tiger's career really had a lot of it disappear over the years for injuries, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If Tiger had just been healthy the whole time, there would not be a record that anyone would have sniffed. Yeah. Yeah. 
even even if he just got let's just say to Jack's eighteen, that's where, but just the other things he would sure have just up. by playing in the Valeros <laughs> and the Crystal Geysers. Part of his stats are like it's crazy that he does have the lead on some of these records. He's missed how many years? If we really dove in, did he just miss like probably five total yeah. of the last twenty? Just gone. He misses a lot of time. Like yes. he, he'd be like a football player that had three different ACLs in a 15-year career. But still won like four MVPs. You'd be like, God, imagine yes. if he stayed healthy. It, w- it w- wouldn't have been a fair I mean, fight. honestly, more than four MVPs? Yeah, he like probably, eight. Yeah. Eight MVPs? He, he, he'd be like Brady. Like, be like seven Super Bowls, still miss four seasons. Did go unbeat, like finish an unbeaten year. Finish the job. Yeah. He wouldn't have lost that thing. All right, big week, everybody. And then another big week, and then another big week. We just keep stacking big weeks. Yeah, just keep stacking, guy. Keep stacking. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? 
We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.